Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Tomato Timer and today joining me is a friend. Charlie Rogers is an entrepreneur, athlete and creator and he's focused on empowering purpose-driven flexible organizations to treat employees as people. Charlie, it's so good to have you. Um, I have had the privilege to sit around while you've been scribbling away and and, uh, typing up stuff um, a few weeks ago and I hear you're writing stuff about mastering your 20s. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so for me, a big part of the last three years, I guess, in my 20s, but also, say, in my late teens, has been about thinking about life in quite a different way. I know we've been sort of almost channeled through this energy of having well-being, having uh, productive lives, having happy lives. And for me, looking at that, it's almost how can we master ourselves and our own environment so that we can become more effective at both work and our pursuits, but also of ourselves and our minds as well. So I do got a lot of reading on this topic. I mean, you mm-hmm. see a few books behind me this time, uh, but also for myself, it's about applying it. And there's different parts of my life that I try and integrate and use to learn from one another. So a big part of my life right now is, is meditating. I do that every day. I didn't want to today was 796 day streak or something. Uh, so for me, that's like a big part in something that it's not just standalone. It doesn't just exist separate from me. I don't just meditate. Meditation is also part of who I am. And it also helps me approach problems. So for me, looking at mastery is both looking at the different aspects within it, but also how they both combine together to create someone who is adept to almost facing the challenge of the world. That's really interesting. And I love how you connect back to the your kind of late teens as well, because I think um our audience will be kind of across that spectrum right finishing school heading into uni and maybe even graduating from uni um and mastering your 20 is all about that and it it seems weird but we don't i don't think there's much out there for us right i mean there is a lot of stuff for entrepreneurs independently there's a lot of stuff for people who are heading into academia or you know they're very like siloed things but very few people are realizing that those who are going through their 20s right now are going through a very different reality than ever before and how do we approach it in such a way that it we can stay true to ourselves but also relevant in the economics of the world so what are the kind of the key findings that you found or what have because meditation is one of them what are other ideas that you're really excited about yeah so i think what's sort of fundamental is the way in which our minds approach the world so this mindfulness is the meditation piece but there's also almost the the routines, the habits, the kind of mm-hmm. act of the way in which our mind approaches things. So it's thinking about uh, the mindset, it's thinking about also the focus as well. So how can we get focused in a very distracted world? That is one of the biggest questions that I often ask myself is mm-hmm. with all these information sources coming at us, how can we really refine so we can spend the most time on the things that matter to us the most? Because you can get distracted and pulled away, not just by the obvious, the social media, but almost within things that up beyond what you actually want to do. So I think there's a really good book called Stand Out of Our Light, which talks about exactly this of you get to a point where you don't actually know what you want anymore because you're listening to the voices and influences of other people that you almost lose touch with your own focus and your own drive. So I think in a modern day, that's really, really important as well. But that the kind of individual personal skills. Mm-hmm. And then we need to sort of combine them with the, the business skills as well. So thinking about, okay, how can we approach work? How can we Uh, really build a team how can we lead them and how can we really think about creating our own personal brands that's a really big piece of this puzzle as well as almost giving yourself the individual leverage for sure but also 
bring yourself the conversation almost before you're ready. A lot of us think we need to be an expert 10, 20 years in the future, but actually you can just start documenting the journey as you go along. And mm-hmm. I found personally that you get a lot of people who come to you and along that journey want to be part of it and want to support you on those next steps as well. So for me, it's combining the individual with the sort of team. So media team, uh, directing them, but also with the business skills as well. And I think they're the kind of foundations through which you can apply to any discipline or any other parts of your life that I think will really set you up for a future as well. Very interesting. What would you say about this distraction piece? How have you been able to tackle it? Because it's something that I'm I'm facing a lot. And it's not even, as you say, it's not social media. It's even just opportunities. You know, it's, it's just yeah. conversations and people. And there's so many different things that I can, there's so many different things that I'm excited about. Um, and I have to learn to say no, but also um, be very kind of cognizant of different opportunities you know there's also this challenge that serendipity will kick in and some conversation yeah. will lead to something beneficial but other times how do you become more kind of like focused on what you need to get done i mean for sure i'm not the expert here i'm really speaking from my experiences and what i've heard from others of course. but uh, you can even see it through the way in which you met is through another kind of like idea oh i just had an idea about bringing together people on a sunday to write okay cool let's just mm. do that bang great it can become something and it almost takes steam by itself but for me, how I stay focused in a lot of senses, there's almost two or three kind of focuses. If we take the first one, it's focused, say I can sit down and do deep work for an hour and a half and not get distracted. How do I do that? The first one's the obvious one. You turn off notifications on your phone, you become in do not disturb. For me, if my phone makes a sound now, it's almost quite triggering. I'm like, well, okay, that thing is actually, someone's calling me, that's the only thing that makes a sound on it. So I don't mm-hmm. get really any notifications or any noises. And I think that really helps me like become disconnected from the virtual environment. I also only really use LinkedIn as a platform. I don't use TikTok or um, Instagram or Snapchat or any other kind of communication, uh, social media devices or platforms. For me, the really important one is getting like narrow and niche with it and thinking, okay, I'm going to spend my time. I'm going to spend my time creating, not consuming. So how can I do that in a meaningful way? And that's something I promised myself is thinking, if I'm going to use platforms, they are to produce content as well as consume it, but not purely to consume them. And mm. so for me, uh, using platforms like Instagram, other ones, they weren't really helping uh, me achieve my goals. So I decided to delete them on that way as well. But a big one is turning off notifications and also going to that manager and thinking, okay, if I do need notifications, which ones are actually important? Oh, the DMs, they're probably quite important, but everything else, not so important. So removing them and being very, very vicious and very, very um, decisive with what should be able to distract you uh, really helps myself focus on what I'm doing in the present moment as well. Yeah, and uh, I love that. And I think it will be nice to share with our with our listeners what we've done over the last few weeks as well with the with the writing co writing sessions. I think that's a really interesting idea that I think you came up with, and it shows a different way of you know carving and having focused time because on things which are often difficult to do for people who have multiple things on a day to day basis. Yeah, no, definitely. I think. The expression of the Sundays, the Sunday scribblers, I think the names now, hmm. to, uh, is really just for me, we started as a bit of an idea. I was on a cycle, on a run. This is where they always come from. And I was thinking, okay, I want to start creating more content about, say, mash using your 20s. I want to start writing about it. I could sit at my computer like I am right now and do it. But I think that is the sort of pursuit that requires more creative input. And I know other people that also want to write or have started writing before but have lost momentum along the way and Mm. so i wanted to try and bring us all together and almost hold one another accountable yes but almost create that 
dare I say, community as well. Because I remember it was almost at a time when I felt kind of quite uninspired as well. And so on that Sunday, I remember coming back on the train and be like, wow, like that energy level from it as well. It's not just about sitting down and writing. It's also about the people you're with. I think for me, who works virtually most of the time, uh, being around people when I'm doing creative things on my own um, is really, really important as well. Indeed. And it's, uh, it's, it's, as you say, you know, it's not just, not just the time, but the space as well, the people that are there, the the environment and the ambience they create. And I think that segues quite nicely into spaces or the future of work as well, to some degree, because um, we are seeing a huge transformation in how we approach work or how employers think about work and how employees want to do work. And there's a really, really important focus on the space that we are provided. We are not looking at it many people are going into it like I want flexible hours I want to work from home I want to go I want to have this ability to 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 be much more uh human about the way I work rather than that 40 hour kind of clock in clock out type of thing that our our parents and our you know uh, early generations have been doing for years so what is it about well what are the challenges currently in this workspace right now because which you are specifically addressing and also what sort of space do we need to create to make it inclusive, um, to make it creative, to make it more innovative? Great questions. I think I'll start with that there are a lot of individuals with a lot of different perspectives on this. There is no mm. one answer that fits all. I think that's really important to remember going in this space and acknowledging your own biases as well. Having come sure. from a position where I haven't actually worked full-time in an office before, I've only worked virtually and I freelanced or ran my own businesses. I've never actually worked 40 hours a week for someone. Mm-hmm. I need to always remember that as perspective. And I think the more I sort of speak to people about this, the more I realize that there are both those, say, young people like ourselves who want to go to work and bring our full selves to it and almost have it as something that aligns very closely with our mission. And we don't mind about working weekends or evenings, uh, but you need to be flexible about how and when we work. So if we come in late and start at 10, we can do 10 till 7, whatever. That doesn't really matter to us. I think... That is just like one perspective. There's also, say, the older generations as well who mm-hmm. look at this more as a, okay, I go to work between these hours and then I'm off. If it takes four days rather than five days, that's just one policy amongst many, then for them, that's just more time they can spend back on themselves. And I think the key question here is how do we integrate work and life in a meaningful way, i.e. how can work be, be beyond just a paycheck that supports your evenings and weekends? Mm-hmm. But even as I say that, I need to recognize as well that not everyone wants that. There are those of us who aspire to have our work be beyond just a paycheck. But there are also those that want it to be a separate part of their life that they can walk away from and turn off from. Because you see one of the biggest problems that we have now with hybrid virtual working is that the individuals take the work home. and They don't ever fully switch off. And for sure, I'm guilty of this in some way in that I will work the weekends, I work the evenings and I'll respond to emails And I think there's two sides to this. It's a flexible work when you want, where you want, but also an almost stricter policy on when you actually receive information from the business, i.e. when you can switch off and have time away. I've seen mental health weeks work really well for companies where everyone takes time off, Mm -hmm. i.e. you're not missing out or having to catch up. And so you can actually fully switch off, be pretty productive as well. Uh, but there are, is no one size fits all. And I think it depends a lot on the culture of the company, a lot on, say, the clients and when they need their service fulfilled, but also on the individuals working there and what their needs and wants are as well. Interesting. Um, 
what about so that's a little bit from the company's perspective what about the individuals how do we go about it and so uh, my context you know i've also been in quite similar position i've been i worked across different ex- industries but at the same time never really formally worked in an office um and i don't think i switch off as it were you know properly um for for months on end but at the same time i do you know tomorrow yesterday i felt i was incredibly busy but i i just took everything off and just went for my skates and my runs and came back spent two hours away uh, and emails were flooded and everything but i but i managed it afterwards but i just needed to have that break and i and i and i carve it out whatever happens um yeah. and i'm probably going to talk to you about running a little bit later but is that is that the like is that me doing it in the, I, I mean, I have no idea. I'm also reflecting as I'm speaking with you. Is it me doing it at a point of, you know, burnout or at a kind of triggering time where I cannot do anything else and I have to go away or I'm actually consciously making sure that I'm feeling that there's low energy and I'm bringing myself back up by doing things which are more kind of enriching and kind of like supporting me in my in my overall health and well-being as well so there's this kind of like challenge especially for young people who are going into startups for example because startups are quite all-consuming type yeah. you know entities um, or their own freelance or kind of contractual gigs there is going to be it's going to be really hard for us to find that dividing line as previous generations have often had it um, how do we maintain ourselves or how, where, where does that integration of work-life balance come in there's a few sides to this. I can always feel it as well. There's that side of like, I just want to work really hard at this and pursue this mission at all costs. I don't care if it consumes my evenings, my weekends, my life. I'm willing to sacrifice that. And that mm-hmm. sacrifice is necessary. Of course it is to achieve X result that you want. Yes. But I think it's always recognizing almost when we feel those parts of our brain go, oh, okay, that thing's something, that thing's a bit wrong. I think I should actually maybe take that time off that afternoon if I need it. I'm not quite high energy as before. And when you get focused on the effective use of time rather than just using more time, I think you get more clear on it as well. And that's where the mindfulness piece comes in here. It's almost being more responded to our body and our mind and our needs, and then being able to just decide, right, I'm gonna have a mental health afternoon or mental health day or whatever you wanna call it, whatever name you give it, just taking time for yourself as well, because you realize that it will make you more effective in your work and more productive in your work and almost happier in your work as well. So it's seeing it in a long-term perspective as well as a short-term perspective, because mm-hmm. yes, sometimes you need to just almost get your head down and just crack through this week because there's a deliverable for a client and that just needs to get done. Cool. But over the long-term, you can't be doing that every week because you won't be able to sustain it. So it's looking at almost peaks and troughs in terms of uh, the exact amount of time you put into work and fitting it around, say, clients' needs, but also around, say, your own needs. And I think it's that classic, almost um, oxymoron of prioritizing both work and life, not one of the other, mm-hmm. and not as things that are in balance with each other, i.e. one goes more when one goes less, but actually together integrated as well. So how do we actually approach that? It's looking at ourselves and questioning um, where we are in terms of mentally, but also pushing through the harder days at the same time as well. It's almost a judgment call we have to learn as we do. And that's the, the piece here about the mastery in the 20s. Yeah. Very interesting. And it almost like, yeah, contradicts all previous, or not contradicts, but like it, it brings to question why we, we use the term work-life balance rather than yeah. work-life integration or, or considering both to be, you know, maximized in some some form. 
So by the age of 23, you have started and closed two startups uh, and you're on your way to develop a portfolio career. And that's something that not many 23-year-olds will be able to say. So I guess the first question is, how did you, how, how is the experience of starting something, but also ending it? And then what is a portfolio career and why are you pursuing that now? Yeah, so I, I guess I've always been a bit entrepreneurial. It kind of goes back to I think 14 year old me started a bit of a tuck shop in school with some friends and, uh, you know, earned a bit of cash on the side during break time. So that was all good fun. And then got to, to university and that's where the spark really kind of came alight. For me, I remember writing in my personal statement that I wasn't just going for the degree. I truly chose that university. I actually rejected all of the university's problem love for the one I went to, to do international business, specifically because I wanted to learn how to start a business. So it was always my intention. And I think that was pretty powerful because it meant that when I went into first year, I started uh, or joined one site is called Enactus and really got involved with social enterprise there mm-hmm. and started a project and then was on committee in second year. And then in third year, I decided to turn down a full-time offer of work at Deloitte and instead pursue my first business, Posty, which I have this like list of ideas in Google Doc. I think there's like 50, 60 in there or something. And as mm-hmm. I went through, I was like, okay, I know I want to start a business and I want to just learn from what it takes to actually do it which one of these are actually viable. I think it came down to like three of them. One of them was like a, a running app that shows you where you can actually run and not get hit by cars, i.e. when you can plan routes that are actually more effective. Yeah. Um, that was pretty useful for living rurally because sometimes you just turn around and be on like a 60 mile an hour road and be, ooh, okay. Yeah. But the other idea was, okay, I miss parcels all the time and I have to go to the sort of sorting office to go and collect them. That is very annoying. How can I receive parcels at home instead? So. I had no product experience, like no background in this industry, but just decided, you know what, I'm going to start a business here to solve this problem of receiving deliveries online. And so really went through the entire motions of this and took this idea from my head and made it into a physical prototype and sort of built a team around me, there's three of us, and then really took it from what it was and took it into almost past like 142 survey respondents almost responded to it as well and sort of talked about how they would improve the design, always use that lean startup model uh, mm-hmm. to execute on this. And then got to say March of final year, we developed like three prototypes at that point. The idea is ready to manufacture. And I looked at it and I was like, do I want to do this for the next two to five years? And I was like, nah, okay, I don't. So I decided then to close the business. And that month afterwards, House Act started and it wasn't really a business then. It was more of just a, a way of bringing people together during lockdown. So students and businesses to sort of solve the business's problems in response to COVID. And then that became over the summer, a full-time thing. I mean, I lived at home for a year after mm-hmm. I don't get it wrong. I wasn't really paying myself, but it was this idea that I was passionate about and sort of upskilling young people and building a community. And then it got to say October last year, where for me decided, okay, if I want to take house hacks to the next level, I need to be able to change the business model so it becomes more commercially orientated. Mm-hmm. And that to happen would mean to lose the purpose of what the business is. And that alongside a few other factors as well of like the team I was working with and the other individuals, I looked at it and I was like, this is holding me back a little bit in terms of my growth opportunity. So I decided to uh, leave the business and exit it and close it last year. And so now I'm in a situation where I've sort of started, closed two businesses, got a new business, um, a Libra Consulting, where I'm working and coaching uh, clients on their systems. But I'm also working, uh, I'm co-founding a future business, which I can't yet reveal the name of. Uh, but I'm also doing some project management as well on a consultant basis. 
and I've got a few other things. So for me, what a portfolio career really means is almost having a diverse range of interests and being able to pursue them actively at the same time as well. So not being defined by one role, but instead by your approach to work and the way in which you go about it as well. So it's definitely a privilege that I have in terms of having the experience afford to be able to do it now. But I think it's also a reflection of the diverse interests I have as a person as well. Absolutely. Do you think that's the one of the avenues that future the future of work is going to head towards? This kind of um, because portfolio careers are um, historically th thought of as like um, very very highly paid consultants, mm -hmm. and they do one or two gigs a month, and then they basically live off the next gig that comes along, or that might be freelancer, but. Um, there, there, there's, there's definitely a connotation of portfolio career with someone who's an expert who's done this, yeah. who's gone through, you know, big four or something like that, and now he's come out of it, or he, they have come out of it, and they're um, approaching it with a, a bunch of projects or things that they're doing. It was not something accessible to us, but now young people can, at a very young age, as you, as you're proving it, can get into this. Um, what, what are the kind of the benefits and drawbacks, and, uh, and maybe even I'm, I'm leading this question, but like. Do you find that having multiple things to do helps you kind of stay uh, more excited because you can kind of like channel your energy? Oh, I'm not feeling like, you know, delegating a bunch of tasks under project management. I, I prefer to be much more like designing my own business and I jump onto my startup idea. Is that is that how you're approaching it or or does that help in that way? So I'll probably bring the part from my personal life. I mean, almost ironic here, the personal and the business life integration. But for me, I've always seen my happiness built up upon pillars here and built mm -hmm. up upon pillars of habits. So you almost see it as like a Greek Acropolis where each pillar represents yep. a habit, a routine that I follow. And for me, those sort of routine pillars are, uh, say, mindfulness, um, also training. So the Ironman training right now. Um, but also say the business that I, that I would run, um, but also now I get to add in extra pillars to this. So in some ways, like you say, it does support having those bad days in one aspect. You can look into the other sort of interest you have. And be like, oh, that's really exciting. I can look into that and be like, yes, yes, that's awesome. But then you also get the cons, should we say, of having those days where all of them are screaming at you and they mm. all want their attention. Uh, but I think the only way to manage that is to be preemptive with your work. So rather than being reactive and waiting for things to happen, if you're always being proactive and striking ahead of time and organizing things before they happen, you can fit them in your calendar and fit them in your schedule. It requires a big ownership of your calendar, a big ownership mm -hmm. of your time, and to not see time as blocked in a way in which you might, if you saw it as a nine to five. For me, I can move things into evenings and weekends or into mornings if I need to. But it's also, again, um, contradictory here about blocking out time for things that are important. So for me, I start work at 10 and that's really important because I get the time in the morning, those, I get up at six, I have six or 10 to do exercise each morning. And that sounds like a lot of time, but it's also training for an Ironman, it does take quite a while. Uh, <laughs> but it's fitting those things in and really allowing the flexibility in other parts of your life that perhaps you don't value nearly as much as the rest of society does. So for me, the friendship time, I can say, that might go in the evenings. I'll put business in the evenings if I need to as well. So it's kind of reprioritizing what you want from life. And that will make it a lot easier to sort of have a portfolio career as well. Amazing. Charlie, you've read a lot. Um, you've been, you've had some really interesting experiences at a very young age. Um, and I'm sure like there'll be quite a few out there listening who would be 
keen to clean that one piece of advice or one kind of uh, thing that you you are like that always like echoes for you or resonates with you um, along your journey along the kind of the good and the bad. So what would that be? And I it can be related to the future of work. It could be related to you know mastering your twenties. But would love to kind of bring this episode to a close with those final words. Nice. I think the the words that I've had, I think it's maybe on my Facebook profile for a long time. And then now it still remains in my head. I may put it in there when I was like 20, in like 12 years old or something, 12, 13 or something. And right. now it's still in my head is like, he who believes he can and he who believes he can't are both usually right. And that for me demonstrates the importance of mindset and everything you do. And that feeling you get of imposter syndrome is actually a very positive thing. It means you're about to learn something and you're about to learn a lot from what you're doing. For me, feeling uncomfortable is almost the death of learning. And so if I can get uncomfortable every day and feel like an imposter, that's when I know I'll be making the most out of my time. Amazing. That's that's very, very powerful. He who... He who thinks he can and he who thinks he can't are both usually right. Of course, she, they change the pronouns, but... Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thanks so much, Charlie. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Awesome. Thank you, Zubair, for having me. Take care.